Hey, everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.com. Sign up to receive our news alerts, like our Facebook page. So much information is shared on this page. Get up to speed with the latest national news. Join us. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.com. Greetings, this is Suzanne Gallagher. After stepping into my post as Executive Director of Parents' Rights in Education in 2018, one of the very first inquiries came from an Iowa mom. She was invited into the high school counselor's office and greeted by the counselor and daughter on her 18th birthday. Her daughter handed mom a 24-page letter announcing her decision to undergo permanent life-changing medical treatments and surgeries for sex change. This news was a complete shock. Mom had not been part of any of the discussions between her daughter and school staff. What ensued in the following weeks was overwhelming for this normal family of six. The daughter, second child, was a cheerleader and great student. The following week, Haley, at an all-district assembly, publicly announced her decision to become Harrison. Her two younger siblings sitting in the audience had not been told yet. Why? Because the parents were recovering from the initial shock, and school staff did not give them the courtesy informing them. Within two months, Harrison severed all contact with her family. We referred the family to Liberty Council in Virginia, who tried to provide legal help, but to no avail. This has become an ongoing issue ever since. Parents contact us with their stories about students and local schools. These stories are critical in our line of work because we want to expose the reality of this and many other issues plaguing public schools today. Please contact us by visiting our website or Facebook page. Over the next few weeks, I will cover the issue, bringing you up to date. Mary Hassan and Teresa Farnan are professionals working in policy and academia. They are also moms who care deeply about their own children's well-being. In their book, Get Out Now!, they address the transgender ideology issue in public education. And I quote, The game changer is public education's appalling surrender to the gender revolution, immersing impressionable children in an imaginary world sanctioned by authoritative adults that pretends boys can become girls and girls can become boys and some children will be neither or both is a serious distortion of reality. It is already inflicting incalculable damage 
on our children and teens. Not just on the vulnerable children suffering from identity confusion, but on all the rest who are forced to speak and live the lie. Fed bogus, quote, science, unquote, silenced in the name of, quote, tolerance, unquote, and marginalized by institutional practices that favor transgender claims above all else. The gender revolution has conquered the public schools and rules them tyrannically. Our country is already reeling from the divisive, sometimes violent nature of identity politics, which pits Americans against one another. We shall turn the spotlight on public education's indifference to parents' rights as schools muscle parents out of the most private areas of their children's lives, identity, sexuality, and emotional well-being. Secularists have been hard at work transforming government schools into God-free zones where secularism and practical atheism enjoy official favor. I encourage you to pick this book up. It's excellent. It is probably the most comprehensive overview of, the, of what is going on in our public schools today. These terms, invented by the so-called sex scientists, are misleading. Trans is an ideological descriptor used by those in the movement. It does not describe what is real, but depicts a mythical, false condition. I have sought terminology which describes the identity in confusion biologically, the notion an individual can actually make physical changes and become the opposite sex is false. And our terminology should affirm reality. So, for example, the term gender uh, used to uh, connote either male or female. You would fill out a form and uh, it asked you to indicate your gender. What it was really asking for, though, was your sex. Are you male or female? The right term is sex, not gender. Gender identity, again, a false term. It should be sex identity. Gender dysphoria should be sex identity confusion. And by the way, the term dysphoria means a mood of general dissatisfaction, restlessness, depression, and anxiety, a feeling of unpleasantness, or discomfort. Did you get that? It's about feelings. Actually, what it's really about is confusion, and it's about confusion of your sex identity. Transgender. There we go again. The term gender coupled with the descriptor trans. What it really means is cross-sexual. In other words, crossing over to the other sex. You could only be one of two sexes, and you are born with one, every single cell in your body, chromosomes and DNA, and you're either male or female. And the last term that is very confusing is gender transition. Again, the term gender is not an accurate term. It really, what it really is connoting is sex, and the idea of transition 
is change, sex change, treatment, and or surgery is the proper, real descriptor. So going forward, I will be using those descriptors and not the descriptors of the movement. I'm going to share a story with you that we received recently, actually last spring, so less than six months ago. We met Adrienne Bonzi in June of 2019. Pre, our organization, was at the federal courthouse in downtown Portland, Oregon, for a hearing on parents' rights in education versus Dallas School District. Our group decided to have a peaceful rally in Pioneer Courthouse Square across the street from the courthouse after the hearing. We were disrupted by an Antifa demonstration. Just before things became crazy, we met Adrienne and her husband. They were sitting on the steps, eating lunch and watching the activities. Baton twirlers, a llama, kids playing everywhere, food trucks, and a variety of people and groups. This is her description of that encounter. One woman broke away from the group of people holding signs. She came straight over to me and handed me a pamphlet asking me if it was okay if she spoke to us. I looked at what she handed me, read the cover, and listened to her begin to share their mission. All of a sudden, I felt safe. She told us that they wanted to protect children from the damaging misinformation they are being taught in so many schools and that they wanted to protect the rights of parents. I knew right then and there we were not alone. Finally, I had met someone who would understand. I cried, and she felt my pain. I knew that God had sent her to let me know that we were not alone and that more people felt like we do, but that we had all been so wrapped up in protecting other people's feelings and not wanting to be perceived as hateful that we had been quiet We had allowed this to happen. I finally felt there was hope again. As we began to leave, another woman came to us from the group and offered to pray with us. I felt God's holy presence in the midst of the chaos and knew that he had brought his people to our side in my darkest hours. This is when I first encountered the group, Parents' Rights in Education. We exchanged numbers and parted ways, unquote. Since then, Adrienne has become involved in Pree's effort to expose the truth. Listen to this story of a mother's rights that were stolen by the public school in Newburgh, Oregon. About four years ago, Adrienne's daughter, Tiffany, handed her a letter saying that inside she felt like a male and had realized that she was, quote, transgender, unquote. Adrienne, stunned with the news, showed no emotion. The only words she could utter were, uh, okay. Tiffany, age 14, took the letter and headed to her room. She had always been a tomboy, loved the outdoors, but she loved extreme sports and always wanted the approval of her dad. But why change her sex? Adrienne, finding Tiffany lying in a puddle on her bed crying, gave her a hug and told her she loved her no matter what and that they would get through this together. Demonstrating unconditional love, Adrienne detected Tiffany was afraid she would disown her. 
Adrienne immediately reached out to her sister, a psych major and social worker, who gave her a recommendation for a counselor. She asked a niece, a positive influence, to help Tiffany understand that there was far more to this than she thought. Adrienne knew that Tiffany had been surrounded by LGBTQ influences. She had expressed in the past she thought she was, quote, bisexual, unquote. Adrienne, trying to be open-minded, let Tiffany express herself. The first step were visits to the counselor. After the second or third visit, they all met together. It was then the counselor announced to Adrienne the next steps were to change Tiffany's pronouns. Adrienne was mortified. She thought she had taken Tiffany to someone who would address her mental and emotional health. Instead, the counselor led her straight down the path to changing who she was physically. Little did Adrienne know that this is typical protocol in the sex change world. The next stop, a Christian counselor specializing in adolescence, told Tiffany to, quote, do whatever she thought was best for herself, unquote. Adrienne researched all spectrums of the cross-sex identity ideology. She discovered statistics regarding the staggering increase in suicide for people who identify as, quote, transgender, unquote, blaming it mostly on not feeling accepted. She felt if she offered any opinion that didn't fall in line with her child's wishes, she would risk losing her to suicide. She was completely held hostage, not to mention if she had any opinion other than, okay, let's celebrate this. She was labeled hateful, homophobic, and transphobic, none of which is true. Prior to Tiffany's coming out, several Newburgh High School, Oregon students, including one of her dear friends, committed suicide. Adrienne had no idea what was taught in high school, nor did she understand the leadership volunteers uh, at the time. She didn't know who they were. When all of this came to light, she was shocked to learn Tiffany was a member of the school-sponsored Gender Sexuality Alliance Club and had a female friend identifying as a male. She was being raised by a single father. It was shortly after meeting this person that Tiffany announced her sex identity. Researchers called this dynamic, quote, rapid onset gender dysphoria, unquote. We call it rapid onset sex identity confusion, it often develops when a group of adolescents meet a peer living as cross-sexual. Suddenly, several others begin to do the same. It is epidemic among our most vulnerable youth. Many naive, impressionable adolescents experiencing emotional or social difficulties fall into this scenario. After a few years of counseling, Tiffany eventually refused to speak to Adrienne about her opposite sex identity, although she had been dressing like a boy. If the subject was raised, Tiffany explained she and her counselor had decided to focus mostly on school and work. Although she was footing the bill, Adrienne was not allowed to speak with her minor daughter's counselor about care. 
Tiffany began having migraines and backaches. Adrienne discovered she was wearing a chest binder. Chest binders smash the breast to the chest, creating a masculine appearance. These constricting garments can cause permanent damage. The breasts become deformed in the body that is still developing. Symptoms include blood clots, lack of oxygen to the brain, migraine headaches, backaches, permanent damage to internal organs, and possible death. By the way, these chest binders are available at your local Planned Parenthood clinic. Oftentimes, there are other adults, even relatives, who enable these confused adolescents to follow the sex change path, deceiving their parents. It was Adrienne's sister who gave the chest binder to Tiffany. This association, be- association became a determining factor in Tiffany's decision. Adrienne learned other relatives told Tiffany she didn't believe in transgender and that she thought Tiffany was crazy. Why couldn't anyone else see what Adrienne saw? Her daughter wanted so badly to have the attention of her father that she would go to extreme measures to be just like him. She had been abandoned by him. Her pain was so deep, so she followed a path that looked attractive based upon what she was being fed by school, friends, family, and yes, even her dad. He told her he, quote, knew she was a boy from the time she was four years old, unquote. Not so. She was obsessed with Tinkerbell, and had her whole room decorated with her favorite character. By senior year, Tiffany decided to live with her dad, choosing to identify as a cross-sexual man. In the midst of all of this, Adrienne remarried with a newborn and was ousted from Tiffany's life. The last string of hope had been severed, and she was falling fast into into a deep pit of despair and hopelessness set in. Admitting her mistakes were many. She knew she had been a great mother. Now, even that one accomplishment was completely destroyed. Her husband and she felt alone in their convictions, with no one to turn to, forbidden to follow their own instincts. More and more people are beginning to speak out against sex change treatments, surgeries, especially for minors. Hundreds of young cross-sexuals, mostly early to mid-twenties, same-sex attracted females, are now seeking restoration. Adrienne says this experience is like the death of her child over and over and over again. But now All the cards are on the table, and she has been given a voice. She won't be silent any longer. Adrienne says, There is a serious injustice being served to anyone who does not subscribe to the ideologies being hammered into our society. We should be able to have open dialogue with one another and come to a resolution that does not involve physical alteration of wonderfully and beautifully made humans. No person should ever experience the level of pain that I have felt through this insanity, and no person should experience feeling the way 
that my daughter has felt over these last few years. This bullet train to disaster has to be stopped. Unquote. Cross-sexual ideology is not just infecting our laws, but intruding into the lives of the most innocent among us, children, with the apparent growing support of the professional, medical, and education communities. Sex change transitioning for minors is the new popular thing now promoted in schools, beginning in kindergarten, promoting risky medical procedures for minors, often without parental involvement. The Federal Drug Administration has not approved pediatric hormone blocking, a relatively new practice first introduced in the United States in 2007. Even though giving cross-sex hormones like estrogen to a boy is also not FDA-approved, these so-called hormone treatments are now offered in Planned Parenthood clinics. In his book, When Harry Became Sally, Ryan Anderson shares the results of a study examining the risk of suicide among transgender teens, confirming they attempt suicide more frequently than adolescents, generally. The study assumes the unproven belief that all gender identities are equally healthy and fixed in all children and teens. This is an ideological premise touted by professional medical and psychiatric guilds, not scientific fact. Evidence suggests that sex reassignment surgery does not improve rates of attempted suicide. The study also offers no proof that these radical therapies will prevent adolescents from attempting suicide. The results of this will be scores more children needlessly sterilized, placed on toxic cross-sex hormones in maimed by mutilating surgeries as early as age 13, none of which have been proven to prevent suicide in the long run. There is no medical path to achieve real gender change. It is scientific fact individuals are born with permanent DNA in every cell of their body, either male or female, biological birth sex, even with surgical alteration of body parts and opposite gender hormone treatment, is unchangeable. There is another possible explanation for the high suicide rates that has received very little attention. As Ray Blanchard and J. Michael Bailey, two LGBT-affirming psychologists, have pointed out it is quite possible that underlying traumas, mental health, Personality issues combine to cause both gender dysphoria and suicidality in vulnerable youth. There is reason to suspect this may be especially true for girls. Multiple studies document a dramatic rise in adolescent gender dysphoria throughout the Western world that is particularly prominent among young women. Many of these young women have a history of severe psychopathology or neurodevelopmental disability that predates the onset of their gender dysphoria. Number one, why are we allowing children who can't drive a car, buy a gun, drink alcohol, or join the military, 
make a decision about their sexual preference before their brains are mature. And number two, hormones harm the body and neuter the child. Sterilize them. Gender transition requires a lifetime of medical care, much like a diabetic. Is that the future we want for our children when they may just be confused? Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe School Summit. Featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Todd Herman, Bernadette Royals Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. The date is Saturday, October 3rd, Shiloh Inn, Portland, Oregon Airport. Check out events on our website. Parents' Rights and Education is a tax-deductible, non-profit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. See you next time to learn more about parents' rights now.